Hey everybody, I'm Hub, and welcome back to another episode of Tighten Up the Defense. Man, it is cold out. It is a crisp December morning, and I'm like a food fetishist at a Texas cook-off. I'm fucking chilly. Huh? Yeah, I worked on that one a little bit. It's still not good, but I did work on it a little. You should have heard the first draft. Ugh. So, speaking of weird food stuff... Ooh, that's, uh, that's an unpleasant segue. And yet, it stands. In last week's show, I mentioned the idea of making a custard out of platypus eggs and platypus milk, or probably platypus cream, depending on how thick you wanted the custard to be, and was surprised to find that that actually is a thing that people have been talking about. Uh, there's, like, memes and stuff about it. So, okay, fine. How about this? For the holiday season, platypus eggnog. Huh? Huh? You use the, the eggs, the, the heavy cream, the milk, and for an added touch, maybe you get some of that venom from their venomous spurs, distill some alcohol out of there, and get some spiked uh, platypus eggnog. Huh? How about it, Australia? Now, the only problem with that, I think, is that Certainly, eggnog is a festive seasonal drink and uh, surrounds Christmas. In Australia, I believe it is summer in December, so eggnog, really not traditionally a warm weather drink. So that could be kind of gross. I mean, you know, other than that, mammal eggs would be, you know, just fine. Now, some of you are wondering, what about an echidna? Or however that that is pronounced. Or, you know... I think that is actually, there's like four varieties of them, but I think they are the only other monotreme, the only other egg-laying mammal. Well, you know what? That sounds fucking gross. I don't want to eat any goddamn echidna eggnog or drink it. That's disgusting. I want plain old, good, old-fashioned platypus eggnog with some alcohol in it that has been produced from their venomous spurs. Now, can you make alcohol out of the spurs of a venom of a platypus? I don't fucking know. I'm not a whoever would know that. Oh, dear. That degenerated quickly. Anyway, we got a real fun story to talk about. So why don't we start doing that instead? This has been perhaps our most disgusting intro, and I'm both sorry and kind of proud of that. Anyway, we're going to talk about New Teen Titans number four, which features... Little team, maybe you've heard of them. The Justice League of America. So, without any further ado, let's ado this. Today's synopsis poem is submitted by Fred Groves. One kind of a different route here. Ahem. I'm going to put on my Alistair Crowley voice. Alistair Crowley? Shit. Who's the guy who hosted Masterpiece Theater? Alistair Cook. Good news, I don't know what either of them sound like. I'm going to read it in my regular voice. Punchity, punchity, poor Malcolm of Duncan, dick punched by an angel, overcame this. A horn for his troubles, jazzy, odds evening, his prize for victory. Now, synopsis. Yeah, had kind of a different flavor. That was submitted by Fred Groves. Thank you, Fred. New Teen Titans, number four. February, 1981. Against all friends. Written by Marv Wolfman, drotted by George Perez, with inks by Romeo Tangal. New Teen Titans Roll Call. Robin, Kid Flash, Wonder Girl, Beast Boy, Raven, Cyborg, Starfire. Guest starring, 
The Justice League of America, featuring Batman, Wonder Woman, Green Lantern, Hawkman, Zatanna, The Atom, previously in New Teen Titans. Good lord. Okay. Hmm. Here goes. Raven reveals that she assembled the New Titans to keep an extra-dimensional douchebag named Trigon from destroying the Earth. Meanwhile, homegrown Earth douchebag Dr. Light assembles a team of douchebags to destroy the Titans. Despite calling the team the Fearsome Five and assembling them in 1981 New York, they are somehow not an old-school rap group. Confusing, I know. The FF fight the Titans and win. Boo! Then we find out that one of the FF, a telepathic douchebag named Simon with a P, is actually working for Trigon, and he takes over the team. Fair enough. Raven tells the teens that part of Trigon's plan is to use the Justice League to free a ridiculous-looking giant demon which will pre-destroy the Earth before Trigon swoops in and finishes it off. So, the Titans are going to have to fight the Justice League to keep that from happening, but also, Trigon wants the Titans to fight the Justice League for some reason that makes no goddamn sense. But no time to dwell on that, because the FF, now controlled by Simon with a P, who is in turn controlled by Trigon, attack the Titans once again and, once again, kick the Titans' collective ass and take them all captive. Oh, also, some mysterious benefactor built the Titans a new headquarters, a giant building shaped like a T called the Titan Tower. Whew. Gadzooks! Will our heroes escape the clutches of their evil foes? Will the Titans have to face even more douchebags in this issue? Will Trigon's plan ever make a goddamn lick of sense? Stay tuned to find out. Okay. So. Eventually, sort of. Yes, if you count Hawkman. And, of course not. Not even a little. Have you mashed that 15 seconds back button enough to know which question corresponds to which answer? I hope not. It's really not worth it. The Justice League are hanging out on their satellite when Zatanna senses some evil going on. The League heads out to some asteroid or something where a bunch of space wizards are hanging out. The space wizards try to tell the team of superheroes that they're trying to stop the evil shit that Zatanna senses, but nobody feels particularly listen-y that day, and the League attacks and gets their butts whipped by some good old space magic. Suddenly, Raven shows up out of nowhere and tells everybody to knock it off, but seeing as that would require, you know, listening, that's a non-starter. Green Lantern tells Raven to shut up, implies that this is not the first time they've had this conversation, and tells her to please go away so they can go back to getting their asses kicked by the nice space wizards. Raven reluctantly agrees, but rather than returning to her Earth home, she teleports herself to the Temple Azerath, the magical city where she was trained in the mystic arts. From the looks of things, Raven's alma mater is located on an album cover from the band Asia, which is to say, the place looks awesome. Raven has a nice chat with her mom, Arella, who I guess is some kind of high mucky muck priestess and a bunch of other robed Azerathians. They agree with Raven that Trigon is probably going to destroy the Earth, but agree with the Justice League that they would like Raven to shut up and go away. You see, Azeroth is real big on pacifism and non-interference, and they reckon that if the Earth gets blowed up, well, sucks to be the Earth. They tell Raven they'll pray for her. Ouch. Then Arella lovingly palms Raven's face and shoves her backwards faith healer style, sending her tumbling through the void of space until she wakes up in the Titan Tower, surrounded by the rest of the new Teen Titans. Huh? I'm not the only one confused. The last time Raven saw her teammates, they had just been captured by the Fearsome Five. When she asks them what gives, they inform her that not only were they not captured, they've never even heard of the Fearsome Five. Is she sure she doesn't mean Grandmaster Flash and the Furious Five? Or the Fantastic Five? Or the Funky Four Plus One? Or... Okay, they don't technically ask her that, but they were probably thinking it. Fortunately, Raven takes an intuitive leap that makes Evil Knievel Snake River Canyon Jump look like the blob doing an ollie and immediately grasps that the Titans have had their memories erased, their injuries healed, and have been returned to the Tower as part of the Five's evil scheme. Oh. Um. Yeah, obviously. Turns out, 
Raven is 100% correct, and even as they speak, the aforementioned criminal quintet is spying on the Titans using a camera gizmo installed in Cyborg's repaired arm. Dr. Light gets a little salty about the fact that he wants to be the team's leader. Uh-oh, Simon with a capital P and that rhymes with T and that stands for Trigon, ain't having any of that shit, and uses his telepathy on the bad doctor, making him experience three different shitty ways to die. Snap. Then Simon with a P storms off, leaving the other four members of his team to discuss what an asshole the clear-domed, ponytailed telepath is. They decide that as soon as they get the chance, they're going to mutiny and let Dr. Light be in charge. Um, okay, the wisdom of putting Dr. Light in charge of a team notwithstanding, plotting against a telepath might not be the best plan. I mean, we're talking trouble with a capital T and that rhymes with P and that stands for Simon. Sorry, I'll try to stop doing that. It's fun though. Back at the Titan's Tower, Raven manages to convince her buddies that they've been mind-wiped. That was really easy. Maybe too easy. Hmm. She goes on to fill them in a little on who Trigon is. Turns out, he sucks. Good to know. It seems that a long time ago in a dimension far, far away, a bunch of evil cultists decided to go all Rosemary's Baby and do a ritual in which they get extra-dimensional Satan to prego up one of their cult members. I guess the denizens of their dimension have a similar gestation period to humans, because nine months later, Trigon was born. By the time he was one, he ruled his planet, and when he was six, the despotic Doogie Hauser destroyed the planet. When he turned 30, Trigon ruled a million, million planets in his dimension. Now he wants to come to our dimension and fuck it all up. Bummer. Also, too late. Anyways, if the Justice League manages to defeat the Space Wizard dudes from the beginning of the issue, then Trigon will send over his opening act and we're all hosed. Shitty. After hearing Raven's story, the Titans are convinced. Maybe a little too convinced. Robin shouts that they know what they need to do. Destroy the Justice League! What? No, she just wants you to stop them. Or talk to them. But it turns out the gang is still under Simon's mind control, and he wants the League killed, because he's working for Trigon, who wants the League to win their fight against the Space Wizards, and they'll do that better if they're dead, I guess? I'm very confused. We get a brief aside where we see that the shadowy figure who built the Titan Tower is spying on them. Meanwhile, on the Justice League satellite, the League is still nursing their wounds from their recent fight with the Space Wizards when Robin, Kid Flash, and Wonder Girl teleport themselves up. At first, the League is stoked to see their protégés, but then the trio of teens start kicking and punching them. Typical teenagers. Robin beams the rest of the team aboard, and a regular Donnybrook erupts. The League is pulling their punches, but the Titans are going for the kill. Everyone is hitting everybody when Raven shows up. She tells everyone to stop fighting, which works about as well as that normally does for her. Then she uses her magic to kill the Justice League, forcing them to age rapidly and decay into nothingness right in front of the Titans' eyes. Harsh. Good news, though. It was just an illusion. Hooray. Seeing their mentors die before their eyes snaps the Titans out of it. No more mind control. Neat trick. Also, that's the second time in three issues that Raven made people hallucinate dead superheroes. Wonder how often she pulls that shit. I bet she has no fun at parties. She teleports the Titans to the asteroid where the space wizards are trying to stop Trigon, but the Justice League follows them and decides... Cool, now that our teenage pals are no longer trying to kill us, let's go back to not listening to Raven and attacking those space wizards again. Damn it! The Titans side with the space wizards and go back to attacking their mentors, albeit with less lethal intent this time. Supposedly. I mean, Beast Boy does turn into an elephant and tries to eat Batman, which is rat and all, but if there's a non-lethal version of being eaten by an elephant, I'm unfamiliar with it. Just ask a peanut. Anyway, 
All the tussling distracts the space wizards, and Trigon breaks the dimensional barrier and announces that the pathway to our dimension is now open and its shitty opening act, Goron, is on its way. Crappy. The Titans yell at the League and Zatanna's like, Yeah, but you're being manipulated by Raven, so we still don't buy her story. She even used her powers to make Kid Flash fall in love with her, which is fucked up. The Titans are all like, Nuh-uh, no she didn't. And Raven's like, Um, actually? Oh, snap. The League storms off in one direction and the Titans in the other, leaving a tearful Raven alone on the weird asteroid thing apologizing and insisting that she had no choice. Damn. Also... It's going to be pretty awkward when the Titans remember that Raven's their ride home. I mean, they're kind of in the middle of space. I think she's their only way back. And joining us once again is my good-for-many-things brother, Corey. Corey, how you doing? Doing well, thanks. How are you? I'm doing okay. Today we are recording from your palatial estate for a change. Yes, yes, quite. Yes, yes, it's a regular Wayne Manor you got here. Oh, yes. Dude, his bathroom has a bathroom in it. His toilet has its own little shame closet. I believe that's called a water closet. But you can call it a shame closet if yeah, that suits you. That's where you do your dirty business. That's uh, a <laughs> there's that song "Sundown" by Gordon Lightfoot. Oh yeah. Uh, there's there's a line in it that's uh, uh in the room where you do what you don't confess. I always like to believe that he's talking about the bathroom. That's the, he's talking that's to somebody who who says like, "No, I never poop." Yeah. Never. Never done it. Not ever pooping is grosser than pooping. Touche. So, what'd you think of the issue? (laughs) Whoa. Um, (laughs) There was so many fucking things going on in this issue. There were, but it didn't, to me at least, feel as crowded or forced as it did in the last issue. No, there was good movement. It did sort of... It brought you through and told you a ton of shit, and a bunch of big fights happened, and all the panels were full of detail... Yeah. Like, there was just a shitload going on, but not in a bad way. It was rad. I really enjoyed this issue. And especially because I didn't enjoy the last issue, I was a little bit nervous going into it, but I I really dug what was happening here. Right from the start, the cover is fucking awesome. Mm -hmm. There's a bunch of stuff going on in it. It's the Titans and the Justice League fighting, but we're kind of given a bird's eye view of the situation, but kind of from the Titans side, which makes sense. Just looking at it real quick, though, everybody's beautifully drawn, but... Hawkman's mace is fucking out of control. Does Look it, at that thing. Does it magically get bigger? I don't think so. I think it's just always fucking enormous. And also, I'm used to it being like a Morning Star and Chain-like situation where there's a stick that then has the spiked ball from a chain on it. Sure. This is just chain and ball. There's no stick. Mm. That sounds bad. <laughs> but it's true. There's a couple of things that are going on in this cover, too. One of which is Robin is pointing at Batman, but I like, and cocking his fist, I really like to believe he's saying, Batman, what's that behind you? Ah, he could be. Batman's not going to fall for that. He's totally not. But I like that he's trying. And also, it looks like Beast Boy, who has turned into an ape before the fight, good move, it looks like he's picking nits out of uh, Starfire's voluminous hair. Well, that's only natural yeah. if you're feeling super... He's feeling ape-y. apey. Yeah. Yeah. You're feeling froggy, you jump. You're feeling apey. You pick nats. Pick, pick them nits. Mm-hmm. I don't think they're gnats. Oh, yeah. Nits. Yeah. Except, well, I mean, she's got a lot of hair. There not, to, a not to be there. a nitpicker. Oh, oh, Jesus. Yeah. <laughs> Ouch. Also, the Adam appears to have turned himself into a throwing star, which is cool. 
I think he's just got that, like, I'm shrinking atomic symbol behind him, but it looks really cool. It's a rad cover. Once we get into the issue, there is certainly even more to talk about. Although, one more thing about the cover, it does have a little button on it that says, need we say more? And I, I like that. It's like, yeah, Justice League of America versus the new Team Titans. Bam. That's your issue. Yep. So, you liked it? You thought there was a lot going on? Yep. We finally get to see Azeroth. That place is pretty chill. Yeah. That, that is, place is nice. It is gore. It is a gorgeous picture when we first see the planet or dimension or wherever the fuck it is that Raven grew up and trained. Mm-hmm. We meet her mom, whose name is Arella, I believe. And she calls her Arella the first few times before she says, like, after all, you're my mother. And I was like, oh, snap. Not super close. No, although you grew up calling your folks by their first names, didn't you? Not my mom. I called my mom mom. Okay, they just call, Jim. They called my dad Jim. I just assumed you called them both that. Yeah. Nope. I mean, not that you called them both Jim. That would, that would be, be weird. weird. That would be weird. Okay. But, I mean, you're pretty close with Jim, and you call him Jim. Yeah. It's weird, because I, I think I call him dad now about half the time. Yeah. So, took a while to warm up to him, I guess. <laughs> Fair enough. I was just wondering if you had some kind of a special bond with Raven over that. I call my parents by my first name, too. Uh, no, I don't feel like Raven and I got off on the right foot, and she still kind of bugs me. Yeah. Is it because she talks <laughs> like this, Corey? Dude, since you said that the last time we were talking about it, every panel I read now, that's how I... I just laugh every time she says something. Well, not every panel, because when she takes her hood off and is talking to her mom, the edges of the balloon no longer have that weird wavery oh. bit. So I think she's doing like a voice when she does it. Like the Christian Bale Batman thing. Mm, that's unfortunate. Yeah, you make your, you make your decisions. Speaking of decision-making, the Justice League has made some interesting decisions of their own. They sense that there's some evil nearby, so they go to where it is, they see a fight happening, and they just kind of indiscriminately attack one of the sides. Doesn't seem like the best logic. Yeah. Especially, it's like, oh, well, we sense there was some evil here. There are some dudes that are trying to contain the evil. Let's attack them. They're, near, they're evil adjacent. But Zatanna also senses some evil inside of Raven, and her response to that is, please go away and shut up. Stop bothering us. Mm -hmm. It's very inconsistent. I am not. I cannot argue with that. I guess maybe the only thing in their defense is the kind of squiggly pentagram thing off in the distance that represents um, Trigon. Well, that's what they're trying... That's what they're shooting their energy bolts to try to contain, though. Yeah. Yeah, sorry, JLA. It's, I got man, nothing. Zatanna just doesn't do her homework here. I, I like Zatanna, but I wish she was in the new Teen Titans, because she would definitely be my speedy this issue. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and you brought up an interesting question, and I haven't been able to figure it out. Is that the same rock that Raven's been going to the whole time when she, like, pops off to yell at the eyeballs in the sky? Is she... Well, wait. Those... She's yelling at Trigon, right? Yeah. Yeah, so maybe it's the same. Maybe it's Trigon's, like, yelling rock. Maybe. I feel like he's got a lot of different rocks people can stand on and yell at him. Well, Apparently he controls, like, millions of millions of planets in a whole dimension. Well, I mean, that's what happens when you take rule at age one. 
and destroy your first world by age six. I mean, I guess he's kind of a late he's bloomer. He's very precocious. He is really definitely the Doogie Hauser of despots. Mm-hmm. How is he a late bloomer? Well, it took him six years to figure out that between ruling what he wanted to do was uh, destroying. Yeah, but I mean, maybe it like, took him six years to use up the whole planet. I think that's a pretty good clip. I mean, I guess we did. might find out soon if it can be done in four. But <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Oh, Too soon. President um, Trump gone. <laughs> but, I, yeah, he's, uh, he's definitely, he's, he's the Doogie Hauser of evil despots. Takes over the whole world at one, destroys it by six. Then there's a bit of a gap, but by 30, he controls millions of millions of worlds and is like, all right, next up. Mm-hmm. Seems like. He could have done some other shit during... I mean, he probably did do some other shit. We are getting a very truncated one-page story biography of Trigon here. He's a bad dude, though. Yeah. He does have those adorable antlers, though. They are awfully cute for how bad of a dude he is. Well, especially when he's a toddler. When he looks super happy, presumably just because he destroyed his first world. Mm -hmm. I guess he's not a toddler anymore if he's six. But he looks so fucking stoked. Mm Mm-hmm. Like, wow. They're and not, yeah, there's they're, something, like, they're just regular deer antlers. Yeah, they're, they're not, not like goat horns or anything. They're not scary. They couldn't impale anybody. They're, like, kind of soft, like, reindeer antlers. But yeah. tinier. It's really cute. Like a baby reindeer. I think we're all mixed up on this Trigon issue. He seems like a pretty good guy. He's probably fine. We should let him into our dimension. It's probably just the media. Yeah, fucking media. <laughs> Distorting Trigon's views. We should just listen to Trigon's tweets. We should just give him a chance. <laughs> just give Trigon a chance, people. For God's sake. Don't give Trigon a chance. Uh, <laughs> Stock market seems to love Trigon. That's true. Yeah. So, yeah, Raven uh, Raven confronts the Justice League. They're like, will you please shut up and go away? What do you mean? <laughs> I don't want to shut up and go away. She goes to Azeroth and is like, Mom, will you please fucking help out? And her mom's like, we'll pray for you. Ah, fuck you. Yeah, one of those. Yeah, yeah I don't care for that. Nope. No, no. You, Azeroth, you need to get off your asses. Your thoughts and prayers aren't fucking cutting it. Uh, let's let's meet this Trigon thing head on. Let's, uh, let's get some community action going. No but, dice. No, they're like, well, if Trigon destroys the world, that's what's supposed to happen, I guess. I do not care for that. You know what else fate gave you, Azerathians? They gave you a good brain, and they gave you two hands, and they gave you a training in the mystic arts. All of the mystic arts. All of them. Mystic ceramics, mystic uh, basket weaving. Mm -hmm. I I bet they're even trained in the mystic crafts, too. Which maybe I would arguably put those last two in. Although, you know, it's tough to separate one from the other. But... She's got plenty of mystic training, as do all of the Azerathians. Like, maybe dig in and get shit done. I don't care for that. Our thoughts and prayers are with you. And please go away. Yeah. Bullshit. Big thumbs down for Azerath, although that place is fucking gorgeous. And then, after Raven finishes her request, her mom does, like, the... Like the faith healing, like put the hand on the forehead and, and shove just you like back. shove you with the palm of her hand, like, and she falls backwards. But she falls backwards, like atomized into mist through several dimensions. <laughs> it sounds very uncomfortable. I bet that gets old real fast. Yeah, like damn it, mom. <laughs> I gotta stop just letting you grab my whole head in one hand. I just wanted to borrow the car. Nothing good ever comes from that. I'm always like, oh, this will be cool. This will be a nice like 
Nick Cage in face-off moment. She's probably just going to pat the side of my head and rub it and say, face off. But no, every single time, fucking atomizes her, sends her tumbling through time, back to the old Titan Tower, Mm -hmm. where she figures shit out lickety-split. Well, sure. Way quicker than I would have. That, like, oh, what must have happened is the, is the, what is it, the Frightful? No, sorry. Frightful 4 is Marvel. Not the Furious 5. That's Grandmaster Flash's group. That is true. Um, Fearsome 5. That's it. Yeah. Yeah, I was getting really mixed up with the the early hip-hop on this thing. Yeah, yeah. I mentioned that in the the past episode, but Fearsome 5, especially, this is like 81. This would be like prime time for the Furious 5 and the Treacherous 3 and the Fantastic 5 and the Funky 4 plus 1. Forget Cool Herd. No, I haven't forgotten Cool Herc, but he would be more difficult to mix up with these guys. Oh, in that he... And that he's not a alliterative name that starts with a number. Sorry, I was just being literal. In what way? Oh, about hip-hop and the names that I remember from that era. Oh, so you were just naming names that you remembered from hip-hop. Yeah. 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 So you sometimes mix up the, the Fearsome Five with maybe Cool Mo D. Mm. <laughs> or L.A. Sunshine. No, it's not that. <laughs> Touche. It's not that I mix them up. It's just like that era of hip hop. That's what it made me think of the Furious Five, and then the guys that were around at that time, kind of right. the, the birth of the whole thing. Okay, it's like that um, should be there too. But she puts together Raven puts together so fast that Grandmaster Flash and the Furious Five <laughs> had mind wiped the the Titans, and then sent them back and fix them up like i would have thought there was some kind of time travel or like something had happened because i feel like she's done some time travel type shit before didn't she suck robin through and like give him his weird trip shit that was totally what i thought was happening Mm. and so but she immediately is just like oh i get what's going on Somebody wiped your minds, and you've been brainwashed, and now you're going to have to fight the Justice League, even though I want you to fight the Justice League, but not like that. It's weird. And then they're like, yeah, we're going to go fuck those guys up. And she's like, but wait, you have to fuck them up? <laughs> okay, but I I did actually really enjoy that panel where, where she was like, look, you have to stop the Justice League from destroying these dudes that are trying to protect the whole Earth. And they're like, Wow, you're really convincing. You're totally right. We have to kill the Justice League. And she's, like, whoa, 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 guys, she's like, whoa, whoa, slow your fucking roll, guys. Yeah. Um, I actually really enjoyed that part. But we see that the Funky 4 plus 1 has been controlling them this whole time. We get a little view as to what's going on there. And Simon is, if possible, an even bigger fucking dick than Dr. Light. Uh, although I did enjoy... The way he puts Dr. Light back in his place. Wouldn't be as into it if it was anybody but Dr. Light. But Dr. Light apparently forgot that Simon can just mind-whap him whenever he feels like it. Mind-whap? Yeah, just whap him with his mind. (laughs) Which he does. does. And he did in the last issue, too. But this time he's like, wait a minute, how come you're the ruler? And... I thought I was in charge. I started this group. I want to be in charge. Retreat! (laughs) I'm totally... The Dr. Light as Cobra Commander thing holds more true in this issue than ever before. But 
Simon slash Destro really steps up his shit and is just like, oh, how do I dare take charge? Like this. Boom. Here's what it's like if you freeze to death. Boom. Here's what it's like if you are disintegrated. Boom. Here's what it's like if a super derpy Tyrannosaurus bites you in half. (laughs) Because I dislike Dr. Light so much, I would read a whole issue of that. Of just, if it was just like, okay, here's what happens if you get shot. Here's what happens if you sit in some pudding and then and then get shot. <laughs> it was just like a series of, here are some very ignoble deaths you might suffer. Mm. Now do you get the picture? No. All right. Here's where you get hit by a million pies in the face and you die that way. Uh, yeah. As I said, I would read a whole issue of that and chortle throughout much of it because I think they would start to get pretty inventive after a while. Mostly I do want to see Simon Kodoko. Here's what it would look like if you sat in some pudding. And that got shot, I guess. I don't know. But <laughs> looks like you pooped yourself, Dr. Light. Yeah. Oh, Simon, such a jerk. But the rest of the Treacherous Three agree that Simon is such a jerkwad that they're like, nah, actually, Dr. Light would be a better choice than this. And so they decide that they'll go along with him. Until he finishes destroying the Earth, and then they'll split up whatever's left. Or until he finishes, until he kills the JLA. Until he kills the JLA. But, I mean, if he kills the JLA, they know that the plan is that that's going to release something that's going to destroy the whole Earth. And I think they even say, we'll split up whatever's left four ways. Ew. What a bunch of jerks. Oh yeah, they're no good. I hope they all sit in pudding. <laughs> Love that panel with Dr. Light's legs, like, uh, kicking. Just dangling like, out of, really, just a super derpy-looking Tyrannosaurus. It, that That is maybe the one panel in the thing where the art really, I love it, but, like, George Perez can draw a way better T-Rex than that. Oh, yeah. <laughs> then we get into the main thrust of the issue, which is Titans versus Justice League. And that is some awesome fucking fight scenes. Mm-hmm. Titans, beam aboard the Justice League satellite. They let Robin, Kid Flash, and Wonder Girl up, and Hawkman's like, oh, super rad to see you guys. You never visit anymore. Like, they are really playing the up, like, you are our kids angle here. Mm-hmm. And the Titans just start laying into them, and it's kind of rad. What was your favorite part of the fight? Oh, man. There were so many weird things that happened in the fight. Yeah. I think one of the weirdest is when the uh, Adam goes into Donna Troy's ear and like fucks with her balance and makes her fall down. Yep. I would That's pretty rad. I would not like to have somebody in no, her ear. I wouldn't like that. <laughs> My favorite thing I'm pretty sure is when Robin throws his cape over Green Lantern's fist because his cape is yellow. The Savat And then he just grabs his hand and Savat kicks Green Lantern in the face. It's delightful. And then Batman shows up and was just like, hmm, no time for sparring. Whap! And basically just backhands the crap out of Robin. It's not the very iconic and often used as a meme, Batman backhanding Robin. But it is just as, you are not a threat to me, here is how I deal with this. Instant KO. Like, it looks like he elbows him in the back of the neck. Yeah, he, he makes a his, it makes a walk sound, and he just, yeah, elbows him. And I, I would say maybe the small of his back, like right between the shoulder blades. But before that says, like, no time for sparring. Bonk. He does say that Robin seems like he's probably being mind-controlled. But 
it really does seem like Robin, this had been brewing for a while. I think it felt pretty good for him to, to get a few licks at him. But what happens right after that is Cyborg comes out of nowhere, sends a metal noose around Batman's neck, mm-hmm. and then swings him around and hits Green Lantern, or hits Hawkman with him. Yeah, that was badass. So Batman's dead now. Like, there, there's no way. He's got a very strong neck. <sighs> yeah, I guess. Maybe that cowl is reinforced with Cyborg anti-strangle yeah. material. As they're like a, a Kevlar but for strangling. Yeah. Oh, good. They have that. Oh, that's good to know. Yeah, but man. Yeah, the go-go gadget arm attack from Cyborg is pretty sweet. That is gnarly, man. Poor Satana. I say poor Satana. She does a pretty bad job overall. But, yeah, Beast Boy comes up and turns into a snake and wraps around her mouth so that she can't talk. And also just starts squeezing her as a boa constrictor. Which is a good move, because you do need to keep her from talking, because if she says anything backwards, then you're all fucked. Mm -hmm. But is also kind of creepy, because he's complimenting how pretty she is as he squeezes her all over. And then he makes a bad pun. What's his bad pun, Corey? He says... Uh, he thinks he's getting a crush on her. <laughs> <laughs> okay, that was pretty good. Yeah, yeah but that that was... Uh, Beast Boy being creepy? What? Beast Boy being Beast Boy. Uh, yeah. <sighs> I'm not cutting him any slack on it. I'm not, I'm not going to normalize his behavior. It's fucked up. We need to call him out on it every time he does fucked up things, even if it's going to take a very long time. It is our duty. Yes. Cheers. So what happens next after that? They they fight the Justice League. Oh yeah, then Raven shows up and was just like, "Stop fighting them so hard." Yeah, fight softer. Yeah, guys, come on. I kind of think here's where Raven fucked up a little bit because hmm. then she has her buddies like like she's like, "No, this is too much." So she puts the image in the just in the Teen Titans mind of. The Justice League all dying. And of them just like melting into death. Old and age. the Titans are just like, oh shit. Yeah, but not old age. More like uh, Ark of the Covenant type shit. Yeah, but but it's explained as is aging happening so rapidly that they yeah. get super gross really fast and then turn into dust. Starfire's just like, that's no death for a warrior. Yeah. Like, our enemies should die better than that. Yeah. And Kid Flash says, enemies, my sneaker. That was cute. <laughs> I like that he swears by his sneaker. It's not even by God's sneaker. He doesn't say s sneaker. Do oh, people say guess, that? What? Do people say, like, because, like, I've heard, like, my foot or my eye or my ass, but not, like, my sneaker. I've never heard my sneaker before either. Mm. I don't know. I mean, he's trying to start a new. He's big thing. on synecdoche. Is that how it's pronounced? The uh the thing where you call a thing by a thing associated with it. So like he's saying my foot by saying my sneaker. Oh uh, could be. Yeah. Either way, not a thing. Kinda cute. Really weird. And then Raven, for whatever reason, says like, nah, now I need to explain everything to these people right now. So she somehow mind links up with the big beardy dudes who were zap trying to zap trot gone. Mm-hmm. And gets everybody over there, brings the Titans over, and then a few minutes later brings the Justice League over. Which, why did you do that? Why not just leave them on the fucking watchtower where they can't find you? Why did she do that? I don't know. I don't know, because it fucks everything up. 
Because then Trigon wins. Oh, Raven. But yeah, and then the Titans fight them again, but this time they're not mind-wiped and they're doing it for the right reasons. But they still kind of lose. Yep. And specifically, Trigon wins because of them. So next time we're going to see fucking Goron, I think it is, who's going to soften up the earth for Trigon to destroy. Turd boy. Yeah, we never did. I, I, I put a poll up on the internet, and it seems that we're both right. Goron, in fact, does look like a <laughs> pug's face with Tyrannosaurus body and crazy old man eyebrows and a toddler made out of turds and bad intentions. Mm. I think you were more physically accurate, whereas I was more spiritually accurate. But really, that is Goron. So, we're both right. Yeah, nice work. Thanks. One of the weird things that happens, though, is when they first start their second round of the battle with the Justice League, Green Lantern's about to fight them. Mm-hmm. And then Zatanna's like, no, 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 let me. And says, like, put them in a container backwards. And then they're stuck in a container. But it's a green glowing container that looks like it's coming from Green Lantern's ring. So I don't understand what the hell that happened if she like was like, no, 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 let me. I'll mind wipe you and use your power to do this thing. It was puce. What? The color of the container and the one that I was reading was kind of a puce color. Well, in the comic book, it is green. Oh, and there's a beam coming from it. What page is that? That is on page 20. Did they change it in the reprint for the trade paperback to make it more clear? Oh, man. They totally changed the coloring in the reprint. Mm-hmm. In the original one, I, I guess it was a coloring error initially. Because it does look like Green Lantern. Because totally it, it is in the original comic book. It definitely is glowing in green and has a Green Lantern beam coming from it. But in the reprint, it... It is. They are making it look like it was Zatanna's. Mm-hmm. So they color corrected it. You can't hide your mistakes that way, DC. Mm. Well, I guess they can. I wouldn't have known. Yeah, but now you're woke. Yeah, <laughs> woke as fuck. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then everything goes to shit. Uh, there is a nice thing where Beast Boy turns into an elephant and is about to eat eat Batman. He loves Batman. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That was pretty fun. And then we get the reveal at the end that Raven's like, yeah, I did kind of make you fall in love with me, Kid Flash. Yeah. I guess that wasn't so cool. And then everybody is just like, fuck you, Raven. We trusted you. And I was kind of in the back of my head going like, yeah, you trusted her because she made you trust her. Mm -hmm. Like, she's got that Jedi shit. And it's definitely not cool. But also, she was doing it to... You ever watch the show Judge Hatchet? No. It was a terrible daytime show that was this... It it was one of the spade of judge shows that Mm -hmm. was... This one was definitely much more staged than others because you could tell that she had... Not that... I know they're all staged. What? I'm also woke as fuck. (laughs) You're not a man. Get out of my courtroom. Okay. Judge Joe Brown was clearly the best because he was the big sleepy bear of justice. And normally he would just be like, well, I don't know about that, but now I'm going to maul you. Yeah. Uh, And that was terrific. (laughs) In Judge Judy, it's... I. Judge Judy is kind of a guilty pleasure of mine. She generally seems to... I'm sure... Oh, Corey. I'm sure it's done through editing, but it it is gratifying to me. It looks like generally she is yelling at people that I would like to yell at. That's true. And and there's a a certain catharsis in that. But Judge Hatchet was a different one of these judges when there was a ton. There was Judge Mathis and there was Judge Mills Lane. And it, it was at the height of the judge 
show boom, which I think has has long since passed. It's a weird thing. Yeah. And it was clearly hers was pretty staged because she would have the judgments. It would be like family disputes normally. And she would have the judgments clearly set up in advance, which it was just like, hmm, after hearing all of this evidence, I now sentence you to go to a outdoor camp with Jerome Bettis. It's like, what what if it turned out that the mom was wrong? Like, you clearly knew you were going to do this before you heard the case. I didn't care for that. Mm. What I did love about it was in the beginning... There was a montage, and they would play a clip of her saying, tearfully, I did it to save your life. Oh, shit. (laughs) And it made me laugh every time I heard it. So, much like Judge Hatchet, Raven did the wrong thing, but she did it to save their lives. Mm. And really, the life of everyone on Earth. And I feel bad for a raven in this. Maybe for the first time in the comic book. Mm. And everybody walks away from her. Cyborg lays, lays a sweet zinger on her. And guess we're fucked. Guess Trigon's going to eat everybody because nobody can get their shit together because Raven lied. With that. Mm. Minutia. Corey, that was just lovely. Thanks. What do you want to start with? Sound. Okay. Sound effects. What was your favorite sound effect? My favorite sound effect, I I had two choices, but I think there's a clear winner, and it is the Sonic Backlash on page 21 Mm -hmm. from from Kid Flash, and it is Spoom! Spoom is pretty good. My backup is Splam, which is the the noise that it makes when you kill Batman by strangling him with a giant metal cord and having super strength and yanking him and throwing him into Hawkman. Mm-hmm. My first choice is Scrock. Oh, that was my second choice. Ah, and that is for a couple of reasons. First of all, it's phonetically pleasing. It's got some nice fricatives in there. It's the noise that is made when Cyborg gets hit with a giant green lantern brick. And I went to high school with a girl named uh, Rachel Scrock, and she was a nice lady. All right. All right. Here's to Rachel. So, and that was your second choice? Yep. All right. So, let's move on to Zingers, but we got a new name for the Zingers section. We do? We got a suggestion from one of our readers, uh, Brad Reed, who we have, he's been very prolific. He's contributed a lot of synopsis rhymes. But Brad suggested, and it's kind of unfortunate timing, because this is the first issue of the new Teen Titans where nobody gets called a bozo. I reread it a few times because I was like, I probably just missed it. But that we changed the zinger section to be called the Bozone. (laughs) (laughs) Which I am 100% in favor of. Agreed. So, taking it to the Bozone. Yeah. What do you got? I think Cyborg is is like a zinger factory. He kind of is, yeah. Franchise and... I got two I got two cyborgs and a trigon for my zingers. Ooh. The the one I'm gonna go with is when Cyborg is telling off the, the Justice League. He says, He's right, Creepo. Uh, you JLA jerks are the menaces here. And I, what yeah. is pleasing to me about it is the use of the word creepo. Sure. Yeah. Uh, I like that. I also enjoy the alliteration of JLA jerks. Mm-hmm. I didn't say it is as good as he said it, but No, it, no. It, uh, you wanna try it again? Yeah. Okay. He's right, Creepo. You JLA jerks are the menaces here. Very good. Still pretty bad. Yeah. yeah. There were some spacing issues there. Mm. But no, that was much better. Thank you. You're welcome. Just keep trying. Every time you do a little better. Yeah. All right. 
I also had that one. I don't think that's going to be my favorite, although it was close. The other cyborg one that I had is at the very end, and it's a harsh diss. It's on Raven, and she's saying like, no, Trigon's going to destroy the Earth. (laughs) And he's like, Trigon, who's he, witch lady? Your evil ex-boyfriend found out you lied to him too? Yeah. I was like, damn. Damn. Did I just have a stroke? Because I smell toast. Yeah, one-way ticket to the bozone. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Mm-hmm. The other one that I liked is when Trigon just shows up and just says, You are all fools. Uh, That's tight. Yeah. You know, succinct to the point. I'm sorry, man. I thought the dimension he was trying to break into his Earth, but you know what dimension it was? Mm. The bozone. (laughs) Pretty great. So... Show and tell moment. That one for me was easy. It happened on page two, and it's when um, Zatanna has a magical thing of metal around her mouth and says, my mouth clamp shut, can't speak. (laughs) Well, she thinks it, to be fair. (laughs) She doesn't say it. It would be better if she actually (laughs) said it. (laughs) It was like kind of muffled. It just came out all Popeye-y. Yeah. You know why Popeye mumbled all the time? Uh, The pipe in his mouth? Well, yeah, okay, partly. But when they first... He had been a popular comic strip before they started making cartoons of him. And it was so that they could do the animation cheaper and quicker. Is if they didn't have to try to sync up his mouth movements to things. Mm. If they just made him constantly muttering under his breath. Mm-hmm. Then, well, we can just make him do whatever with his with his mouth. Mm. So that's why he's like, yeah, baby, baby, it's gonna be... Hmm. That's uh, tough to convey it's in a- the... Yeah, a little Swedish, but I get I get your... Uh, he, he might be Swedish. That's we don't true. know. There's yeah. a lot about Popeye's backstory we don't know. Mm. All we know for sure about Popeye is A, his dad was named Poop Deck Pappy, and two, he had a nephew named Popeye. <laughs> we do know. We have... That's all we know for sure. Not just about Popeye. I think at this point that might be all I know for sure, period. Yeah, I had the same show-and-tell moment. There were a few options, mostly mostly from the JLA. I think just because there, there was maybe he thought the readers didn't know them as well. Yeah, where they just kind of over-explained what they were doing as they were doing it. But the one with Zatanna, mm-hmm. that was definitely the most glaring show-and-tell mm-hmm. moment. Favorite panel? Man, that was tough. This book so is many so to choose from. beautifully drawn. It um, is, and beautifully drawn, and also there are a bunch of really funny panels, too. Mm-hmm. For just straight up beautifully drawn, when we're first introduced to Azeroth, it's just this sweeping vista and there's so much detail and like planetoids in the background and it's just rad as fuck. And that, in fact, was my first choice. I, I, it's up there for mine as well. But there are also these great fight scenes that are happening where everybody's doing something in the background. And up there for me, is as, as we talked, I think it's my favorite thing that happened in the fight. But where Robin throws his cape over Green Lantern's fist and then Savat kicks him in the face is really great. Batman first showing up at the fight after Robin has done that and being like, knock it off, Robin. I forget. He, he says something specific when he does it. That's quite enough. Yeah, that's, he said, that's quite enough. It's like, God damn. And they and Robin uses the 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 little letters in his uh, voice bubble, so he's like Batman. Yeah, <laughs> so. he totally. It's I don't know if we've talked about it on the show, but your dad has a a similar catchphrase where whenever we were in big trouble, he would just say, "Got a minute?" 
with the, with like, the gravitas of of, of Batman. Batman. Yes. Yeah, it's fucking terrifying. Yeah. I still like if I'm at work and I hear somebody say that to somebody else, like, "Hey, Bob, got a minute?" I'm like, ah. "No, no, <laughs> I'm not even Bob. I don't know who that is, but I don't have a minute. I'm scared." Yeah, yeah, I, definitely. Um, <laughs> I I think that those words have from Batman have a similar effect on Robin because, mm-hmm. like, I think he's like, "Yeah, I might be mind controlled, but oh shit, I'm in trouble." Mm-hmm. Then Batman elbows him in the small of his back and yep. etc. Also, there is a panel when we're getting Trigon's backstory of his timeline of him Doogie Housering the shit out of universes. Mm. They're all really Page. wonderfully drawn. Yeah. But the one of six-year-old Trigon looking gleeful at having just destroyed a planet is a really, really cute. And that also makes it really horrifying. Yeah. Yeah, I I had that as well, but I... I couldn't narrow it down i just wrote page 12 was great yeah the whole the whole thing it really was and there were a number of pages like that because also the page where raven is getting the come to jesus moment from her mom oh yeah that was good like and you see her falling backwards into being atomized Mm -hmm. that that is also beautifully drawn yeah it's tough to choose i think i'm gonna actually mm, i do love the first panel of azeroth the first page of azeroth I think I'm going to go with just the moment of of Robin putting his cape over Green Lantern's fist and punching him and and kicking him in the head. Uh, I just, it tickled me. I really enjoyed that. There was another, it doesn't really technically fall under the minutia, but I don't feel like editing it back into the main point. But where they talk about how they found the dudes who are trying to protect the planet from Trigon. Do you remember that? How they found them? Yeah, the Justice League found them initially. No. It was because they were making holes in the ozone layer. Is that what that was about? Yeah. <laughs> That's where those holes in the ozone layer came from. Well, thank God we can go I back knew. to pollutant. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> it was it was just a, a little moment where I was like, no, we actually know where the holes in the ozone layer are coming from. And it's not extra dimensional demons. Like, it's not like, well, I guess there's nothing we can do about them. Yeah. It's, uh, anyway, more hairspray, Bob. Yep. Hairspray. Don't mind if I do. Aquanet for all. Uh, Aquanet for everybody. All you can stand. You used to use a lot of Aquanet. Yep. Not proud of it. I remember walking into the bathroom and just being like, oh, no. Yeah. Like, and, you know, there's a lot of reasons why that could happen. But <laughs> for, for that particular one. It was just like, oh man, just clouds of it. Yep. You and and my my sister Meg uh, don't light a match. Oof! But you do want to light a match. Yeah, but don't do it. Oh man, mm. it's such a conundrum. Yep. But it's nice to know that that wasn't your fault. That was in fact Trigon. Yep. Yep. <laughs> Trigon is in fact responsible for Aquanet, and I think was probably responsible for your hair style. <laughs> Oh, thanks, buddy. I'll take that. Oh, that's cool. <laughs> Absolve me of any personal responsibility for... Yeah, it was his fault. ...between years. He gave you those those teased bangs. <laughs> I did not have teased bangs. Weren't they? No. When you had the mullet and the, and the flippy bit on top? Oh, no, the hair does the flippy bit. The Aquanet came from um, when I was trying to control the flippy bit of hair to be... I wanted to have the Tony Hawk hair that, like... You the Greta Garbo look. Yeah, I was going for that, and so I'd have to hold it down and spray it until the spray dried, <laughs> and then I'd have this hard piece of like, yeah, hair. Oh boy, 
Yeah, those dark days, man. Indeed. Yeah. <laughs> Which actually makes a very nice segue into sartorially speaking. Ah. What fashion choices do you feel are worth commenting on in this issue? I have two standouts. Okay. And um, the first one is Grown Up Trigon. Okay. And that dude looks fucking badass with his... uh... Is he even wearing clothes, though? Yeah, he's got... Oh, and he's got the loincloth and the the cape and the weird, like, that showgirl-style, like... I don't know what to call that. It's like a... It's like a halo. Backboard. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Yeah, it's like a showgirl-style backboard that he's got that's... Very, very intricate. That 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 is a decent choice. And he's got the loincloth cloth with that long flappy bit in front. Yep. And like a cyborg style like cyborg thing. style thigh high boots. Yep. And a staff with a little lizard on top. Yeah. It's about to have a little lizard on top of that staff. Magical. That's a solid choice. What was the other one you wanted to talk about? Uh the other one is uh Zatanna's outfit in particular are these large earrings with Z on them that she she's has. She's got that. She's also got some kind of a weird like armadillo on her head. I could not figure out what was going on with that. That whole outfit she has is super weird. It is a super weird outfit and it, it's I like the classic Zatanna look. Like the classic Zatanna look is like stage magician but with fishnet stockings and a big top hat and I think it's pretty cool looking. I understand it might be kind of impractical, but her new her outfit that she was wearing in this year in, the, in these issues, yeah, she's got a big white flowing cape. She's got earrings with big Z's on them. I will say it's a very '80s look, but on top of her head, it's like she's got one of those creatures that went into Chekhov's ear in the Wrath of Khan. That, that's gross, but yeah, I, I don't know what that thing is. She's got like a weird red thing sitting on top of her head. And I don't know what's up with that. Okay, both of those are worth comment commenting on. I also really like Ariella's look, where I guess people on Azeroth just have a bird motif going. Yeah, bird head. Because she's got a weird big, like, golden bird beak perched over her head, which I think is really cool looking. It kind of reminds me of the dudes in Battle of the Planets uh, cartoon, which I remember almost nothing about except for everybody had weird different bird-shaped visors. I don't know what that is. We'll look at pictures later. It's pretty cool. Okay. But that, that was my choice for sartorially speaking. Now, every issue has an Aqualad, the greatest of Teen Titans. And every issue also has a Speedy, the worst of Titans. Corey, who did you have for your Aqualad? You may not like this, but for this issue, I had to go with Robin. I understand that. He was my backup choice. You might not like my choice. You didn't choose Raven. I chose Raven. No. She did her she did it to save your life. Well, I'll tell you what. I chose Raven as my speedy and what I wrote is my note is a web of lies bears no fruit. That is a wonderful it's a ter- mixed metaphor. It's a terrible. <laughs> I'm trying to it's not even metaphor. The weed of crime bears bitter fruit, a web of lies bears no fruit. I that's worthy. Marinate on that. Uh, man, that goes in like even more destitute Richard's Almanac. <laughs> yeah, sorry. No, no, no. It, it's I like it. 
But no, I understand she has a web of lies. And I feel like leading up to this issue, she definitely has done a bad job. But in this issue, she comes clean. She tells the truth, even though it was difficult to do. Uh, She catches on so fast what is going on with Dr. Light and the funky four plus one. She, yeah, I mean, all good points. She tries her best and she, I think she does kind of redeem herself. But at the end of the day, you got to look at the results. And that's that the turd monster is now coming to Earth because of her web of lies. Yeah. And, and that's it's not, why. It's, it's not like the Teen Titans were like, you like if you came to them and be like, hey, there's demons coming to Earth. You got to do this thing to stop it. They'd be like, oh, no, we're not going to do that. <laughs> Go away. Yeah, lame. I am going to college. Yeah, we have to read books. <laughs> Kid Flash does love to read books. Still, I think that's they why Kid Flash like, is yeah, maybe we'll, my favorite. We'll go fight. Yeah, she didn't need to go through all that subterfuge. Okay, as a body of work, I think you are right that she is up to this point the worst Titan. But in this issue, I think she really did start to redeem herself, and she actually did a pretty good job, with the possible exception of the fact that yes, it is due in part to her efforts that the giant turd monster is going to eat us all. Yep. Yeah, that doesn't sound great when I say it out loud. Yeah, and also, Robin stood up to Jim. I mean, Batman. (laughs) (laughs) Corey, it's unprecedented, but you've turned me around. (laughs) Raven is the speedy. Robin is the Aqualad. (laughs) He stood up to Jim. I mean, Batman. (laughs) (laughs) That is very difficult to do, and and kudos to you, even if you had to be brainwashed to do it. (laughs) (laughs) Well... I think that's it. Man, that was a roller coaster ride of an issue. Whew. I really enjoyed it. And I got to say, the, the artwork was just beautiful. It was really fun. And next issue, we're going to see what the fallout is. It looks like the Titans have disbanded. Do you think this was the last issue? Mm, not possible, man. They got to save the day. I sure hope so. We'll find out in two weeks what happens with the new Teen Titans and the turd monster that's going to eat the world. Next week, <laughs> we'll be back with the Defenders and their search for the Silver Surfer. In the meantime, do you want to make a prediction for something that will happen in the next two weeks, but will be done by the time this issue is released? No, I don't like to tempt fate. Oh, I do. I know. That. I predict that everything will be just fine, nothing will happen to this fresh-baked pie, and I won't sit in any pudding. If you would like to contact us, you can do so by reaching us at ttwasteland at gmail.com. You can find us on Facebook and on Twitter at at ttwasteland underscore. And we're up on iTunes. We'd love it if you could leave us a review. If you like giving us some money, you can find us on Patreon, patreon.com backslash ttwasteland, something like that. And yeah, thanks so much. It's been great hanging out with you. I am a human man from Earth. Let's go. The Flash meets the Buruk Rat. <laughs> A mysterious red tape grinds the city to a halt. Once a city traffic official, bureaucrat, plots revenge on a city that will cut him out of the budget. 
My red tape ray gun will slow things down so much that they'll have to listen to me, and I'll take over the city. Now the city is running at my speed. The only one standing in my way is the Flash. The only way to stop Burek Rat is to throw off his timing. Here, Burek Rat, you can't catch me, so catch these. Real fruit filling. Apple and cherry. Light tender crust, too. These hostess fruit pies have good taste all wrapped up. I knew I could catch you with proper distraction. Can't talk, Flash. I'm all tied up. You You get get a big big delight in every bite of Hostess Fruit Pies. (laughs) You're a rat. What a rat.